Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is your boy, Logan. So, it has been about a few weeks since I've done a podcast here on the main channel, because I have actually started a sub-brand channel of the main channel called PC Boys Uncensored. So, before we get to today's topic, I need to cover some things, because... Ever since the last podcast here on the main channel, if you've not been paying attention to my Discord, or I think on the Instagram I mentioned something about it, um, but maybe I put out my personal one, I have been expanding the PC Boys brand, um, and I have a lot of exciting news for you guys. So first of all, I want to let you all know, I have a second podcast on the app or website Rumble, Um, and these are video podcasts that I'm doing, and I'm talking about pretty much anything outside of movies and video games, Um, and it's all my opinion and my personal thoughts on things like society, dating, um, we haven't gotten to politics, but probably at some point we'll delve into that slightly. I don't really want to make it a, a politics kind of channel, but I'm just giving my insights on basically anything related to social media, society, uh, dating, essentially like my world views and how I view everything and my opinions and thoughts on things. So more controversial like stuff. So if you're into that kind of stuff, Go give me a follow on Rumble. Um, you can obviously go to the PC Boys podcast Instagram page and you can get to my Rumble through the link section that I have. And you can also uh, go give me a follow on Getter, which is essentially a Twitter alternative and that I created because I want to have... Um, a, a social media on a different account just in case on Instagram they decide to delete me someday or something. So that way it's like a backup on a different platform. Um, but essentially all my getter is, is if you want to listen to my Rumble podcast, which like I say pretty much cover um, everything, it's the place to get the announcements first. So whenever I drop a podcast on Rumble on PC Boys Uncensored, you will get your first notification through the getter or through getter. Um, and then about two or three days, maybe a week later, I'll post it in my discord that I've uploaded those episodes. So if you want to get notic notifications first on when I upload to PC boys uncensored, go follow my getter account and go give me a follow on rumble. If you're interested in that kind of content. So that's part one of expanding the brand. Part two, as I have mentioned in one or two podcasts of mine here on the main channel, um, I have started a merch line. So if you would like to support me financially, um, please go buy some PC Boys merch, which is also linked in the PC Boys Instagram account. And last but not least, I am doing a completely separate podcast with my brother and my cousin Michael. Um, and it is called the Phase 3 Podcast, and essentially, Phase 3 Podcast is just talking about anything. That can range from video games, movies, society, whatever. Basically, if I had to say what it was, it would be encompassing everything 
um, from what I do on my Rumble account on PC Boys Uncensored and what I do here on my normal channel, but it's with a group of people. So instead of it just being me talking by myself, um, I'm communicating with other people. Now, on that podcast, I am a co-streamer or a co-moderator. So I'm, I'm not the one running the podcast. My cousin Michael is mainly running the podcast, but I am one of the main stars of the podcast. But that is not going to take my time away from PC Boys and PC Boys Uncensored because these are podcasts and content that I create myself and run myself. But um, now that all the housekeeping is underway and the announcements have been made, we can finally get into today's subject, which is going to be She-Hulk episodes... Um, Two and three. So, man, where do I really start with with She-Hulk? Um, this is very... This show is getting more cringy by the episode. Um, it's very apparent to me now, watching through the first three episodes, that the writers of this show do not know how to write a courtroom drama or courtroom scenes in general. The reason I say that is because... First and foremost, I've watched Daredevil. Daredevil dealt with its courtroom scenes very, um, pretty much down, um, to the wire, um, or to the book, however you want to say it. They did the court scenes in a manner that it made sense and it felt professional. Even if it wasn't, like, 100% to real, like, court proceedings, it felt real enough. In She-Hulk, it's not like that. In She-Hulk, they actually spend a lot of time outside of the courtroom, which makes the whole She-Hulk attorney at law, like, subtitle, not really feel worthy of that name. When it came to Daredevil, I would say that was much superior being a court drama than She-Hulk. And yeah, even though Daredevil doesn't take place in the courtroom a lot of the time, most of the time, the stuff that Matt Murdock is doing as Daredevil coincides with what he's doing as a lawyer. Normally, they end up crossing paths, right? Now, at the end of the day, when it comes to She-Hulk, there's that whole, you know, attorney at law thing has not... I'm not really feeling it. It just feels like it's completely out of the show. So that's my first major gripe after watching these first three episodes. A second major gripe that I have, the character assassination of Abomination. Abomination is now a joke. Um, a lot like how the Hulk is. So if you remember back to the Incredible Hulk, the Abomination went on a rampage in Harlem, killed a lot of people, created a lot of destruction, and was a very bloodthirsty monster for lack of better terms. And then you see him in She-Hulk, and this guy is like a yoga instructor, and apparently he's like making all these big changes. He's got like seven wives or some shit like that through the pen pal program, as he says in the show. And to me, it just, it doesn't feel right for the character. And I get it, you know, characters are supposed to have arcs, and characters are supposed to change. But you gotta remember, this is the first significant time, not the first time in general, but the first significant time that we've seen Abomination or 
Elon or Elon Blonsky, however you want to pronounce the name, since The Incredible Hulk. And his character is such a 180, it feels almost alien and abnormal. It just doesn't settle well with me. Now we know, obviously, the Thunderbolts are coming down the road, and they most likely would probably put Abomination on that team. But at the end of the day, his character as of right now is a joke. A lot like how the Hulk has been made into a joke. Um, And, you know, when it comes to the character of She-Hulk in and of herself and Jennifer Walters... I don't like this character. So in the first episode, right, when we got established to her, she's belittling the Hulk when they're talking about controlling anger, right? And she's, you know, explaining to Bruce, like, oh, I get catcalled, and, you know, I've got to be careful with how I say things because I could get killed and stuff. And she tries to compare getting catcalled and having to deal with men hitting on her, right? Or saying shit to her, you know, at the workplace, Um, Or as she puts it, incompetent men explaining her area of expertise. She tries to compare this to the Hulk in terms of him controlling his anger and what he's been through. Saying, I have to control my anger, Bruce, a lot more than you have to. Or something along those lines, right? And it's like, you do realize, you're, you're talking to your cousin... Who has literally tried to kill himself. If you watch one of the uh, deleted scenes from The Incredible Hulk, it shows it. And in The Avengers, he mentions trying to kill himself. Trying to shoot himself in the mouth. And um, so not only that, but he's killed a lot of people when he lashes out as the Hulk. Like, the Hulk even, you know, had Natasha die and had to take a hiatus and fly off into space. You know, like, to control his rage and to keep him away from hurting people. Like, the Hulk has been through a lot of shit. And then you have Jennifer Walters' character come in and master the way of being the Hulk without a problem. And then she's belittling Bruce and treating Bruce like shit and antagonizing him for all the stuff he's been through. And this is very apparent in the first episode. It doesn't make you like the character. And then throughout each subsequent episode... She doesn't get any more likable. At all. There is no redeeming qualities to She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters' character. Nothing. And I knew going into this show there was going to be feminism stuff. And don't worry, on one of my Rumble podcasts, I will be talking about feminism and my thoughts on feminism. Um, But... When it came down to the show, I thought, okay, we, we're, it's probably going to be nuanced and subtle. No, there's nothing subtle about feminism in this show whatsoever. In the most recent episode, the, uh, you had one of her co-workers um, who thought he was dating Megan the Stallion and, and fucking it apparently was some Asgardian uh, shapeshifter that fooled him and, and took money of his. So they're in a court case to get his money back. And basically the way that she resolves the situation is she ends up being like a witness or someone to testify on the stand and saying, yeah, this guy's really incompetent and big headed enough to think that he's actually dating Megan the Stallion. 
And it's like, okay, like this one character who also that, you know, she's testifying for and who is a dickhead in the show, he is a one-note character. He's just a misogynistic guy that refers to women as things and has a overinflated ego. There's, he's not even a character. He's a stereotype. And that's it. There's nothing to his character outside of being a stereotypical misogynistic man with no depth. So I wouldn't even call it a character. I would just call it a straight up stereotype. And so there's that. We also get, uh, we also meet, oh gosh, I don't remember their names. It's an obscure group from the Marvel comics that had like superpowers, but they're, I don't know how to fucking explain it. Like they're like a little gang of some kind. And so they show up at the end of the uh, She-Hulk episode three and get into a little scuffle with her. And they're very incompetent and retarded in terms of how they try to fight. Um, And She-Hulk pretty much just whoops their ass in no time. Their weapons do no damage to her. You know, basically what you would expect. And then they run away into their van like across the street from her after she, you know, throws them around a little bit. And, um... Then they say, oh, the boss is going to kill us because we didn't get a blood sample from her. And it's like, oh, no, we are finally getting introduced to the quote-unquote bad guy of the show that we still don't know about. And this is like the first action scene we've had since the first episode. And I get it. It's supposed to be a comedy, but we are talking about Marvel shows. Without action, you kind of lose me. So we know there's some kind of bad guy in the background trying to do something. Um, And then... We have She-Hulk, who's just going about her life, quipping about stuff and whatnot. Not really that enjoyable of content. And, yeah, now I'm at a point where I'm watching She-Hulk just to wait for Daredevil. (laughs) In all honesty, because these last few episodes have been pretty boring. We go from episode one, where she's bashing the Hulk, is flying through her Hulk training... Like it's no problem, which it should be. I mean, you just acquired superpowers and you're flawlessly just mastering being the Hulk with little to no effort. Bullshit. I don't like Mary Sue's. I never have liked Mary Sue's. There's no in-depth, you know, discovery about them. There's nothing interesting about a Mary Mary Sue. So I absolutely fucking despise it. I don't like it at all. So, that's the first problem. We got Mary Sue, and then we got just this whole entire fucking stretch of episodes, mainly episode two, of where there's not a lot going on. We got Jennifer Walters talking to Emil Blonsky, Trying, you know, to not take his case, but then she ends up taking his case. And then in episode three, it's about Emil Blonsky's case. And somehow she ends up, you know, getting everything overturned because um, first and foremost, in, in the third episode, when it comes to his case, she brings a bunch of people to testify saying, oh, he's done all these nice things while he's in prison. Still has nothing to do with him transforming into the Abomination and stuff. And she's buying time for Wong to get there. And Wong gets there and explains the whole situation. 
And then Emil Blonsky transforms into the Abomination to, to show that he can control himself and then transforms back. Then there's this whole B-plot line, as I mentioned earlier, where you have this Asgardian shapeshifter that, um, you know, screws this guy that works with um, She-Hulk out of money. And she goes and testifies for his case. And then after that case, they talk um, about, you know, trying to put some sort of, like, inhibitor on the Asgardian so that way she couldn't, you know, shapeshift and screw other people out of money. And then she's like, oh my gosh, I got an idea. Let's just bring up to the board that is choosing to give Emil Blonsky parole or not about an inhibitor chip that does not exist to control him turning into the Abomination. And, oh, you must promise us you're not going to turn into the Abomination. Ever again. I will release you. The writing in this show, when it comes to the legal side of things, is so laughably bad. It's like, we got MacGuffin devices that don't exist, that aren't even shown, mind you. And then we got legal proceedings that are literally walked through based upon promises and no actual, like, legal reality to it. It's all made up and looks so simple. If you watch Daredevil and watch how they deal with the courtroom scenes and finding witnesses and information on their clients and, you know, what they're connected to to be able to build their case, it's more interesting in Daredevil than it is in She-Hulk. S.H.I.E.L.D. consists of, okay, here's the problem. What we need to do is be in the courtroom, say two lines that demean someone or quip a joke, and then problem solved. Or in Emil Blonsky's case, I'm going to present an inhibitor chip as a potential solution. Mind you, we don't see the inhibitor chip. And it's not even, like, there's there's nothing to show that it even exists. It just appears out of thin air that it somehow magically already exists. And then, we have the fucking board, who are supposed to be essentially, like, the jury in choosing if we let a, the, the abomination go. They're like, okay, along with the inhibitor chip, we need you to, or inhibitor, but... Anyways, we need you to promise us you're not going to turn into the Abomination ever again. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm sorry to tell you this, but no jury, no judge is going to ask someone to promise them they won't do something and release them. Okay? Let's talk about real life. Murderers and stuff. You think they're going to get released on a promise? No fucking way in hell. And then you gotta take this into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, okay? Into a fictional world where we're talking about someone that has the ability to transform into a hulking monster and murder people with ease and create collateral damage to the lengths that, in reality, we haven't seen a single person be able to do. And it's like... Oh, yeah, 
We'll let you go with an inhibitor and a promise. I think fucking not. Logically, that makes no sense. And oh, just because he says he's changed and has done some good things does not mean this motherfucker isn't trying to play you. I'm sorry. The writing in this show is absolutely garbage. Hot garbage. From characters to how Jen Walters acts herself to fucking even board members of a maximum security prison dealing with one of the most dangerous characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to date, strength-wise. You mean to tell me that this show is good? No. This show is ass. And that's me saying this in the nicest possible way. This show is terrible. I don't recommend She-Hulk. Unless you're waiting for Daredevil to show up, (laughs) there's no reason to watch this show. There's not. The writing's not good. The legal side of things make no sense. Like, I'm doing these reviews at this point, not out of hate on the show, not out of fucking liking the show, it's just because it's disappointing. Marvel Phase 4 has been nothing but a major disappointment, and She-Hulk isn't even the only show that I have gripes with. The only shows that I've liked from Marvel thus far was Loki Season 1, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel to an extent. Outside of that, though, oh my gosh, they've missed the mark. WandaVision started off good, fell very fucking flat. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I don't like that show. It bores me to fucking death, and I don't understand why I ever even watched it. What if, not my cup of tea. I think I watched like one episode, and that had to do with the zombies. Um, yeah. It's just not good. Marvel Studios is just... They're in a really big crater right now. Like, She-Hulk CGI and writing, along with other shows, it's just very obvious to me that Marvel is running out of steam. They are. Like, here's the thing. People be like, Marvel's got all these projects. Marvel, you know, they're not running out of steam. You don't understand. Like, they can keep going forever. Just because they make a lot of projects or plan to have a lot of projects does not mean that they are good ones. That's the thing. Quantity and quality are different. I would rather go back to the days where we got two, three Marvel movies a year, but they were good, rather than having, what, four shows in a year and, what, fucking, like, four movies? The movies aren't even good anymore, and the shows aren't good. The last good movie we had was Spider-Man, and that was code, you know, done with Sony. The only reason Spider-Man was a good success, number one, nostalgia trip, but number two, the writing was at least competent enough. Right? And it had stakes and heart to it. Thor 4 was a complete joke. 
Complete joke. The Eternals. No one gives a shit about The Eternals. Boring movie. And then, and if you don't believe me on that, you just gotta look at the box office and people's reviews of the movie. Even when people try to see it's not that bad, that's not good when you're talking about Marvel movies. Saying something's not that bad when you're talking about Marvel movies means it's bad. It's very different scaling than how you would say, like, an average movie isn't bad compared to a Marvel movie, right? And here's the thing. I love Marvel. I love Marvel Studios. I love Marvel Comics. Well, you know, the older days Marvel Comics. I love Marvel I'm a Marvel fanboy, but I will not sit here and tell you something is good if I really don't genuinely like it. Marvel Phase 4, in my opinion, has been the biggest piece of garbage I have experienced in a long time. You know, everybody always giving shit about Venom and Morbius not being that good. Yeah, those people have some very solid critiques, but you know why Venom and Morbius aren't as bad as the MCU Phase 4? Because I don't expect nothing out of Sony. If Sony gives me something that I can at least enjoy and have a good laugh at or entertainment value, that's all I give a shit when it comes to Sony. I don't hold them to expectations of blowing me away. But when it comes to Marvel Studios, I'm expecting some good storytelling. And Marvel Studios used to be great at it. But in Phase 4... Every movie outside of Spider-Man feels like a joke. It really does. And then the shows are very hit or miss. But I wouldn't even say, like, the best Marvel TV show that they've made even compares to the last good movie they made. And that's why Phase 4 is disappointing. Phase 4 hasn't really given me anything to be really excited about. Now, don't get me wrong. Phase 5, Phase 6, you know, potential. But if Marvel can't get their shit together, if they can't start hiring more VFX artists and paying them well to do a good job and make the CGI, you know, all good and shit, I mean, we're screwed, guys. <laughs> we are screwed. Marvel-wise, we are absolutely fucked if Marvel doesn't get more VFX artists and pay them well. Because the CGI quality is just getting worse and worse. The storytelling is getting worse. I cannot say that I've sit here and enjoyed anything Marvel has put out in a while. And I know that there will be people out there that say, She-Hulk is great. It's not. She-Hulk is not great. If you genuinely can sit there and tell me She-Hulk is great, you have no taste. I will tell you that to your face. You have no taste. Because if you want to sit there and tell me that stereotypes is good writing, if you want to tell me that courtroom scenes that literally boil down to a joke or a few lines that put a character down as good writing... You're dumb. And then taking a character brand new to the MCU, making them have no problem adjusting to their new powers, and then simultaneously shitting and trying to compare their problems and saying that they're worse to another character that already has existed for a decade in the MCU, who has had it worse than the main character of the show as a good character, then you're fucking stupid. I'm just being honest right now. 
And I get it. Everybody has different tastes and opinions. That's cool. You can have your own opinion. That's fine. But my opinion is if you think that She-Hulk is good, you don't have good taste in any cinema. You don't have any good taste in storytelling or character development. You like stereotypes, non-existent stories, and just Mary Sue's. Which makes you a boring vanilla person. Because that is some boring shit. I don't want to talk to people that can justify something super boring like She-Hulk. It's sad. I want to like She-Hulk. But I can't like this show. If you like She-Hulk, I mean, good for you. I don't see what you're seeing, but it, it does. To an extent, it infuriates me how people can like a show where there is nothing of substance to the show. I mean, yes, you can like it, okay? And have your own opinion and like the show. I get that. But the logical and factual way of looking at it the show is not a show of substance. There's a Mary Sue. The writing isn't good. And we got stereotypical characters. There's nothing good about this show so far. There's nothing here that says that's good writing. That's good character development. There's none of that. At all. That's why She-Hulk episodes 2 and 3, in my opinion, are boring and a waste of time. I'm here for Daredevil. I'm not even here for She-Hulk. I'm not even a Hulk fan. At the end of the day, the show is just, it's not for me. It's not. The show's not for me. But I'm going to sit through it because it's Marvel and I'm waiting for Daredevil, so fuck it. But I, I just don't have much more to say about the show. I really don't. I wish I could sit here and say positive things about Marvel shows. But it's hard when the writing and the CGI and the character development are just non-existent. It's very hard. Yeah, they fix up the CGI a little bit, but not a lot. You can tell that all their VFX artists are being overworked. It's very apparent in the work that they're producing. And we already know the VFX artists are having problems at Marvel. So that that is already, like, factually proven. So I don't even gotta, like, worry about that. Like, if you want to go fact-check me on, oh, are VFX artists at Marvel actually being overworked? No, they are. Literally go look it up. <laughs> They are being worked. Overworked. At the end of the day, She-Hulk's not for me. But I thought I would just let you guys, you know, hear my thoughts on everything thus far. And I get it. I'm talking about this and I probably sound bored out of my mind. That's how I feel when I'm watching the show. I'm bored out of my mind. I would rather be scrolling through Instagram, checking my analytics for the podcast, or coming up with ideas for podcasts, than watch the show. But hey, we're here. We have to do it. (laughs) 
Marvel fans, we gotta, we gotta grind through it, even if it's painful. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all for this podcast. I hope you all enjoyed my thoughts on <laughs> episodes two and three. I know I kind of did a basic summary and, 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 you know, skim of them. Episode two was very short. Episode three was about your average half an hour, 20 minute episode. Um, but there wasn't a hell of a lot to cover, really. There, there's not. Um, nothing super crazy in the show has developed. Um, next time on the podcast, though, we're going to be covering some, uh, other topics. We're going to be giving a rant on Madden 23 and talking about how yet again, EA is just repackaging the same game every year. Can't wait to do that. And also in that podcast, we will be covering the last map of Vanguard Zombies, which will, of course, be the Archon. And also discussing about how that map is a literal lazy copy-and-paste job with a filter put on it from the DLC2 map, Terra Maledicta. So that'll be the next podcast on the main channel here. But before I leave, I'm just going to give the, you know, shout out again to go follow me on Rumble for PC Boys Uncensored to hear about more unfiltered, more entertaining, controversial uh, content, you know. It's where the good stuff is. Follow me on Getter to get notifications first on when I post on Rumble. Go follow the Discord to give us some podcast ideas or just to, you know, contact, you know, me and get some community feedback. That's always appreciated. And go follow the PC Boys Podcast Instagram page and all the links to everything I just listed will be on that Instagram page through the link section. But without further ado, I'm going to end the podcast here. Thank you very much for listening, and I will catch you all in the next one.